When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the final Furlong podcast with racing favourite channel, At The Races. Oh, there's been a lot of talk about TV over the week. Uh, the final Furlong podcast stays without the races i loved your tweet kevin blake welcome back to ireland you spent the weekend in the uk i quite like the fact that somebody tweeted you saying i admire your loyalty blake i admire your love of money <laughs> hello <laughs> and uh, we are also joined by a channel whose viewing figures i imagine are going to skyrocket next year Ortiz jane mangan Oh, jeez, I hope you're right. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Uh, Right, we've got a lot to discuss, so let's just get straight into it. The Bedvictor fighting fifth hurdle. Normally, we'd be talking about the Hennessy. Sorry, Simon Clare, the Ladbrokes trophy. But the Hennessy takes a backseat to this race. It was the champion hurdler against the up-and-comers, and the champion hurdler came out on top. Jane, what did you make of Bouvedere versus Sam Crow and Somerville Boy? Yeah, as I said yesterday, um, I thought it was unusual an outfit as strong in numbers as Jigginstown didn't have a horse in the race to make the pace to give Sam Crow something to run at because it was quite apparent for um, maybe a month ago that if Boo were there and Sam Crow were to line up, there wouldn't exactly be a small field taking them on and there certainly wouldn't be a, a horse to make the running for them. Um, I'm sure if JP McManus had nothing in there for Bouvardier, Blue Air Rouge would have had to play a role, uh, a something like a role like that. Uh, unfortunate what happened to him. Terrible. But look, um, that's unfortunately the nature of the game. Um, but is look, it possible? It, it is it possible, Jane, that he was in there as a oh tricked you, as, as to think that he's going to go make the running, but actually, as Kevin said on Thursday, well, that's not what he does. Yeah, it's. Um, Bouverdere is a horse with so much pace. There is no need for him to have a pacemaker. Mm. He could hack along to the bottom bend and sprint up the straight and there'd be nothing beat him unless he had a flat horse. Um, so it was always going to be to the detriment of Sam Crow because we know he stays three miles. He won a Ballymore, which is over two and a half. So stamina, would you'd suggest, is his forte. So look, it, it was unusual, I thought. Um, he had to build up the pace down the back. But even at that stage, the race was half over. Barry was always just cantering in behind, waiting for when he wanted to go. And look, if you were just going on bare figures, 
over there, nine pounds superior, running off levels. So it was a an own goal. It was it was an open goal, and it uh, it just probably highlights the fact how good Bouvedere is. He hasn't been beaten since he was third to Altior in the Supreme Novice. Mm. So that's three years, two or three years being unbeaten over hurdles. And like I know he hasn't really faced opposition. Maybe that you know, and Hardy uses kept beating Brave Inca and Archibald and. You know, great hurdlers like that. I don't think he's come up against all-time greats by any means. But at the same time, he's never looked like he was going to get beaten. And I thought it was an absolutely brilliant performance by him on Saturday. So in your view, has there been an overreaction to Sam Crow's defeat? Because Michael O'Leary was saying yesterday on At The Races that he didn't think a pacemaker for them would have made a difference. He also said that he is going to stay going down the champion hurdle route yep. and that Apple's Jade will go for the mayor's hurdles. So I rest my case. <laughs> Somewhere, Rory DeLarge is punching walls with uh, anti-post dockets for Apple's Jade for the champion hurdle. He is desperately frustrated. Um, Kevin, you continue to be in this Twitter war with Bouvedere. I don't know if Bouvedere <laughs> is so good that he's learned how to tweet with his hooves or he is being represented by his groom or his lass or maybe it's Pot Noodle Man. <laughs> or, or, or a fat man living in his mother's attic. Yeah, I reckon it's more likely Pot Noodle Man, but he ignored the fact that you tipped him at the weekend. Your article this week is all about on AtTheRaces.com, The Fighting Fifth. So let's start with Bouvedere. Sensational return, as Jane was saying. Brilliant, yeah. Be- career best effort. Um, in my opinion, I would actually would have no doubt about that. Um, Boover Dare, like, we, we discussed him at the start of the season, uh, and I very much stand by my analysis of him at the time. You know, for a two-time champion hurdle winner, he didn't have the, the, the strongest of credentials, certainly in my mind, n- not strong enough to be considered, you know, amongst the, even the best hurdlers of the last decade. You know, and to be honest, there's some people saying coming into this season that he was an all-time great. On- honestly, you know, anyone that would have considered Bouverdeer an all-time great um, coming into this season is either 14 years of age um, or has a serious dose of recency biasitis um, because that's just, there's just no, that, that opinion just has no credibility. It doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Um, however, um, this was much, much more like it. Um, I disagree with Jane with the tactics. If I was in the, the Jigginstown boots here looking at this race beforehand, um, I probably would have told Jack to do what he did um, uh, for but two he, reasons. He, he didn't go strong from get-go. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's what I would have done um, for two reasons. Um, number one is Bouverdere, uh, something that's always been a feature of Bouverdere is that he can take a strong hold. Um, this was his first start of the year. He was always likely to be a bit fresh. And Sam Crow, as we know, was race fit coming in here and is a notably relaxed horse. So I could see the sense in Jack going out, making a, a steady run race in the hope of getting Bouverdere over racing and doing too much. He's a horse that has had some sort of a win problem. We don't quite know how big or small. He's had an operation to correct that. And if you have a win problem, the last thing you want to see your horse doing is, is pulling hard. Um, and so I can see the logic in it. And the thing about the other thing about it is as well, the second reason why I, th- I think this was a reasonable thing for Jack to do is people 
post race, we're, we're getting a bit, we're, we're applying a bit of backfitting here that oh, Sam Crow he stays so well. Why didn't he go a more solid pace? People forget how quick Sam Crow is. Mm. You know, his most impressive. I know he clearly stays, but the most impressive performance in his life was over two miles in a steadily run delight, where he put the field to, to bed with an, a, a quite searing turn of pace. He is not slow. He's capable of quickening up off a steady pace. So for those two factors, I thought it was a perfectly reasonable thing for Jack to do. Um, the problem he had was that he was just on an inferior horse. Um, it, if he went faster, I honestly believe Bouverdere would have beaten him further. Um, as it was, Bouverdere settled quite well for him. Um, jumped brilliantly, bar the last, obviously. But I think what, what this race illustrated as well, when you're weighing up both Bouverdere and Sam Crow, is the difference in their jumping technique. And Boover Dare jumped like a champion hurdler, and Sam Crow jumped like an embryonic chaser. Yeah. And he was he was better in the second half of the race, Sam Crow, but early on, he was giving them too much air. He was a little bit out to his right. And whereas Boover Dare was low, fast, accurate. And um the race what was Boover Dare's to lose going down to the last. He did his best to rip the hurdle clean out of the ground, didn't stop him and look hands and heels from Barry Garrity, and he's won by eight lengths. Um, I think you could have run this race any way you liked. And Boover Dare, the, the result every single time would have been Boover Dare bolting up. Um, and look, this for me, like, and, I, and I've been a Boover Dare, I, I wouldn't call myself a Boover Dare doubter, but I was very reluctant to elevate him to the sort of status that a two-time champion hurdle winner would, would generally have. But this was much more like it. This, this, for me, suggests that he's better than I was giving him credit for. Um, and it suggests that as his career goes on, he can build a real legacy. And I was thinking about it the other day because greatness with, with racing is, is a funny thing. And you look back at Faheen and Hurricane Fly when they were seven, rising eight, and they were in a largely similar spot. Um, you, you couldn't have called them a great at that stage of their careers. It was later on that they really built that greatness. And now Bouverdere has the opportunity to go and do that. I suppose the, the unfortunate thing is there isn't a, a good two-mile hurdler in all of England. Um, there's one horse in the champion hurdle market less than 33 to 1 train in England. Yeah. And he finished he finished 22 lengths behind Boover there at Newcastle on Saturday. Um, there's no talent there unless something emerges very quick. Um, Boover there is going to run in the, the Christmas hurdle and the contenders hurdle. Oh, be, that's yeah. stupid, right? <laughs> It'll be a million to one on in both. Um, oh. <laughs> did you hear Siri sorry my, my <laughs> Apple watch said for some reason it clicked into me saying stupid race and Siri said that's not nice <laughs> <laughs> but look there's there's a half a chance no it's probably a 1% chance that they might make a sporting decision and bring him over to the Ryanair hurdler, the Irish champion, which would, would be brilliant, but it's probably a million to one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, unfortunately, he's not going to get a chance to, to further himself in prior to Cheltenham. Um, but look, we, we know now that his, his talent is a, bit, is a bit deeper than he perhaps had the opportunity to show um, thus far. Um, and, and look, you'd look forward to seeing him being tested again. Well, as you say, being tested, but at least meeting with, with really good opposition again in the future, so we can see even more of just how good he is. Um, and I know I've been talking for ten minutes at this stage, but just with Sam Crow, like they're they're going to persist with the champion hurdle route. 
I was all for going the champion hurdle route coming into the season. I thought it was the right decision. However, um, new evidence in big capital letters. We, we, we've seen him twice over hurdles now, and we're much more informed as to where Sam Crow is um, in terms of open class two-mile hurdling. Um, the, hand, the official handicapper reckons this was a career best. They've put him up three pounds, up to 163. And um, for me, I'm struggling to make excuses for him. I'm struggling to see how Sam Crow could come close to reversing form with Boover Dare under any set of circumstances over two miles. So that was my and question for you on, on Thursday, was could you, would there be any way that you could see defeat precluding him from victory at Cheltenham? And I didn't do a very good job of, of trying to get my point across, but I didn't think Newcastle would suit him, even though I thought it was the right race for him. Just that, you know, another step in the in the direction and finishing a good second to Bouvedere wouldn't be a bad thing because there was no way they were going to hinder Apple's Jade's bid for a third. But I didn't expect him to get thumped. Yeah, look, and I, I that was my view as well. I thought if he was ever going to beat him, if he, if he was going to be a champion hurdler, he'd need to be beating him. We're going very, very close here. And it was no contest. And I know you could certainly make the case, maybe he'd be better um, with, a, with getting a lead off something. Maybe he'd be better with more pace in front of him. Maybe he'd be better at a stiffer track. And those are all perfectly valid views to have. But would all those things combine to make enough of a difference to for him to reverse the form? Personally, I don't think so. If you're if they're going to persist down the champion hurdle route, and it seems like they will, you're you're hoping that Bouverdere is below himself for some reason to give yourself a chance of winning a champion hurdle. And to be brutally honest, if he's mine, I sent him chasing at Christmas. It's not too late. Mm. Um, most of the best novice chase prospects in the country. Um, in, in either Britain or Ireland have only had one run over fences many of them haven't even been out yet um, you go and you run them in, in a good chase at Christmas um, one more run at the Dublin Racing Festival and you're ready to rumble for Cheltenham um, a horse with his talent doesn't need bucket loads of experience one that's come from a point to point background would have done plenty of schooling in his life that's what I do um, but look he's not mine and they've made a decision and I, I can see why they they don't want to be seen to be flip flopping and messing about, I suppose. But it's 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 a bit disappointing because we all hope and dream that we see stars and Sam Crow look to have all the ingredients to be a superstar. Um, but look, he started the season with the sky's the limit. But I think we see the ceiling with him now, certainly in the context of a two mile hurdler. Um, we'll all get excited about him when he goes chasing. But for me, the excitement levels with Sam Crow, if he stays over hurdles, they're, they're just they're they're reined in an awful lot. If I'm being brutally honest. All right, a few things. For I you. would just say before we before you move on from this, um, I would commend connect connections for trying. You know, it, mm. it would have been very uh, predictable for them to go over fences, and it's admirable that they tried. Um, but it's even more admirable to say, look, it's not working out. You know, Bouvedere himself was chasing at Christmas yep. uh, in 2016 and he won a champion hurdle in March. It, it, it happens and uh, everybody knows or uh, at least believes that he is a better chaser or will, will be a better chaser. So he sticks to rising seven. Hold your hands up and say, look, we're going to go chasing. Like nobody else who owns the horse bar Michael O'Leary. It's his call to make, of course. But he buys horses to win a Gold Cup. So I just don't see why he'd run him um, to finish third or fourth in a champion hurdle. It's an odd and, one. And for, and for, me, for me, it's a blessing that they found out what they found out so quickly. You know, they, they've been aggressive with him. They've gone and taken on the champion hurdler um, in, in the first week in December. 
and they've got some very strong answers and very strong evidence as to where they are. And that evidence for me is suggests you're not good enough to win a champion hurdle right now. Well, the thing so, is, it could yeah. have actually been worse on Saturday because if Bedrock had lined up, who's to say Bedrock wouldn't have confirmed form? And then he would have. And so maybe then he's so. further back. Maybe so. So then yeah. he's he third. He did them for pace in, in Down Royal. He did done the same there. And he missed the race due to a vet certificate. So like that, I, I know the market support was with him, but Jane's of my line of thinking, it could have been worse. Um, Michael seems to be adamant that they go and, and continue doing what they're doing. Jane, you made the, the comment about Apple's Jade. Um, I think the other comment that he was making was, look, I've got Mengli Khan for the Oracle. I've got a number of other novice chasers to, to come out. Uh, some you haven't even seen yet. There's a lot of excitement there. Um, we're staying down the champion hurdle route. But Brian Cooper and Puppy Power were making the point today that there's an awful lot of horses haven't worked on grass yet because they haven't had the opportunity, you know, yeah. learn from this and, and go on. Or could this be Jane Mangan, because you mentioned Hardy Eustace, could this be a Hardy Eustace story that he finds it a little bit difficult early on in open company, but then when it comes to the big day, goes and wins? Perhaps, but unlike Hardy Eustace, um, the champion hurdle isn't the end goal for this horse, I don't think. Um it, it'll be interesting. There's four months to pass, just under four months between now and the festival, and um, there's still time. So I am very much, I don't know why people um, pin themselves to a particular mast, you know. I presume it's probably because of the the media that they have to say such and such, but if Gordon Elliott decided in the morning, oh, I'm going to school more fences again, so who's to say? You know, it's, it's like when Jim Bulger said that new approach wasn't going to run in the Lipton Derby. If you have an anti-post docket and you send it to me with a letter, I might consider refunding your bet. <laughs> I think that's what he yeah, said that, to, to Lydia. Uh, and look, and ultimately, and it's probably uh, a bit of a somber note to finish up on the race with, but like my, my ultimate feeling with this is that I think they've tried, they've learned, the evidence suggests that he probably won't be up to it. And look, the other thing is, it's not the end of the world. He's fit. He's sound. He might not be sound this time next year. So my thought would be kick on and, and let him do the job that he was bought to do um, now while he's in good form. You know, mm. we, we've seen it a million times. We, we endlessly get ahead of ourselves um, when thinking about national hunt horses. And so often our great magnificent long-term plans for these embryonic chasers don't work out because they get a leg or something, something worse happens and we just don't get to see it. So Sam Crow's all good. He's in great form now. He's just run a super race behind the, the two-time champion hurdle winner. If he's mine, I go chasing, but he's not mine. So I'll be, I'll be a fascinated onlooker with everyone else as to how the story goes on. Brian Cooper's quote in the RP today was he'd win the JLT on the bridle. And uh, Brian mentioned as a possible to be back in the Gigginstown fold by, um, by Mick O'Leary. Uh, yesterday on ATR as well, uh, recording Monday, so referring to Sunday. Uh, right, the normal feature race on the Saturday is the Ladbrokes Trophy Chase, also known as the Hennessy. And it's not also known as the Hennessy. It also known, as, known the Hennessy. as the Hennessy, and it will be forevermore. And it was a no, one, won't. two, five for Colin Tizard, sizing Tennessee from William Mullins to Henry de Bromhead to Colin Tizard. Uh, an emotional weekend for Thomas Goodemore. He lost his grandfather. The funeral was on Friday. He went to Newbury. Instead, uh, saying that his grandfather would understand, I think he was a farrier, and um, won, and uh, and then obviously won the big race 
of the weekend as well. Uh, it's been a terrific start to the season for Colin Sizzard and this race was all about him really, Jane. Yeah, I totally agree with you, uh, Emmett. Um, I don't uh, buy by these races changing names. It's very, it's it's hard to build up a prestigious race if the name keeps changing. Thank you. This is the Hennessy. Yes. There's a Lexus. There's a Lexus at Leopardstown now known as the Christmas Chase. Still the Lexus uh, to me. It's always going to be the Lexus. Yep. Aidan O'Brien still calls the Phoenix Stakes the Heinz. He does. <laughs> what? Um, these these poor just... sponsors invest in their money into racing, I... their hard-earned money, and the likes of ye won't give them their name checks. <laughs> I totally understand sponsors change, but as Aintree have managed with the Grand National, you know, it's always the Grand National. It might be Mark Hell, it might be John Smith's, it might Grabbies. be Grabby's. Well, well, may I just say, national. may I just say that a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about the Sky Sports Racing Novices Chase, which is run at Plumpton <laughs> today. So occasionally, when it suits us, we'll, we'll stick to it. But I'm with you, Jane. Uh, the old For, names are If you're best. trying to bring build up luster, like I love Royal Ascot, and I know it's got ample amounts of funding, so it doesn't need yeah. necessarily the sponsorship, but the races are not labelled. Yes, and I know it's 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 very easy for me to say that, and people need need sponsors. But you could have uh, the Hennessy is a bad example because Hennessy is actually a sponsorship name. But y- you get my drift. If uh, if the Christmas Chase at Leopardstown was always known as the Christmas Chase, you could put Supermax in front of Christmas. You could put anything in front of Christmas, but it'll always be the Christmas Chase. By the way, for our English listeners, Supermax are a fast food joint. Uh, that yeah. goes for UK Anyways, listeners as well. The, so sizing Tennessee, Tennessee uh, he was he he'd run it, well in the four miler and stays very well. Yeah, I, to be honest, this race always um, well, I, I would associate it with throwing up a Gold Cup horse or a Grand National horse, a top Whoa. class horse like a Manny Clouds or something yeah. like that. This race is not next nor near related to it. No. Um, sizing Tennessee. I remember he was actually, he was a good bumper horse over here for Willie. Yeah. Um, but when he started chasing in England, uh, he wasn't natural. Brian Cooper went over and rode him one day in Cheltenham. I thought you'd, you'd really want to be thinking about your lifestyle when you're riding him over fences. Um, <laughs> but he, he no, no doubt about it. Uh, they worked on it. He was a natural. Um, they went hard. I thought Richard Johnson was... Particularly positive on the favourite uh, going <coughs> down the back in, in Newbury. I just thought it was a strange thing to do to be kicking on. Uh, a few people went with him. Aidan Coleman sat off them and I was delighted to see that. I thought Miss Parfois was going to run a cracker before she ultimately fell in a hole, which is very unlike her because we all know she stays four miles strong. Mm. But to be fair, you could pick the winner out from the bottom of the straight, four fences out. Uh, it was a very... Taking performance, but I wouldn't be reading too much into it. Perhaps he'll be a Grand National horse, but I don't think he'll be winning a Gold Cup. I think the Welsh Grand National is next on the agenda for him. I'd take Dingo Dollar out of it as um, as a horse to, to watch out. There's definitely a big race in him. Kev, I don't think this was a race you were overly enthusiastic about. No, look, the Hennessy, on occasion, it'll throw up a horse that jumps out at you that... that it's clear we'll have great prospects of making the transition to grade one company. Um, this wasn't one of those years for me. Um, I could see size and Tennessee kind of falling in between those, those two stools there of high class handicapper and, uh, and conditions chaser. And um, he's a 10 year old 
you know, it, it's a fine, tough performance. Don't let me take anything away from it. Great result for Colin Tizard. Just not a Hennessy that set me alight, but I'll qualify that. But it's rare that a Hennessy really sets me alight, if I'm honest. Uh, Jesus, I, I did the Labrooks trophy. Good God. You see, and, and the thing is, Jane and I didn't say a word because we were so delighted, <laughs> delighted that you fell for it. It's, it's, it's contagious. It you, rubs off on You me. did it to yourself. But That's the, th- the thing the is... the name of the race. Exactly. The thing is, who won in 2012, Kevin? I don't care. Bobsworth. <laughs> and he won the Hennessy in 2014. Many Clouds won the Hennessy. In 2016, Native River won the Hennessy for Colin Tizard. Uh, I believe the plan is to go for the Welsh National like, like Native River did. Uh, he was saying that if the Gold Cup closed tomorrow, he'd be in it. But I'd agree with Jane. I'd say he's a long, long way off that. And he'll be 11 by the time it comes along. So, um, Chepstow, we'll see him on at the races on uh, St. Stephen's Day. Is it St. Stephen's Day or is it the day after? It's the day after, isn't it? It's the 27th. Right, the bar1racing.com Hatton's Grace Hurdle saw history in the making as Apple's Jade joined There's the... There's an example. Hatton's yes, Grace. Hatton's Grace. <laughs> a legendary, iconic one, name. But it'll keep its name, Hatton's yes. Grace. Yes, the well said. Name. You know, some Bond, sponsors in um, some sponsors in England insist on the the, the traditional name being dropped when they take the sponsorship. Yeah, the Beulah, which I would say, which I think is a shambles. The Beulah, it's it's now what it what was it. Boyle Sports took it over and and they made them change it to the international and then drop their sponsorship. And the Beulah didn't yeah, come back. It's yeah. still it's still called that. And, and, uh, and away we won't we won't dwell on it. Stairs Hurdle has only just gone back to that now because the Ryanair brought the name back. Ugh. Anyway. anyway, fair play to Bar One because well done, Bar One. They have, they have kept the name of the race and they're getting just as much coverage for it. And Jane is getting paid by the mention by BarOneRacing.com. <laughs> uh, so Apples Jade joins the illustrious pair of Limestone Lad and Salarina from the Bow Yard to win her third Hatton's Grace Hurdle for Gordon Elliott and Jack Kennedy. Jane, you were there. The atmosphere was electric. What did you make of the performance? Everything you'd want. It was scintillating. Um, there was no hiding place. You love a race that's so truly run. Patrick Mullins went hard up front on Wicklow Brave. People thought it might have set the mare, but sure, Jack was sauntering. Uh, it looked like he was going... When I saw him go upside Wicklow Brave along on, along the top of Berry House, I was thinking, why? Like It would have been so easy for him to sit back and take the lead. But of course... Jack wasn't going to leave Patrick dictate the pace he was going. He, he said in his interview after that Patrick was trying to slow it down and Jack Jack was cruising at a very high pace and all the horses in behind, you could see from six furlongs out, they were visually under pressure. And to be fair to Super Sunday, he was one of the first horses off the bridle. So for him to even, I know he was 20 lengths back, but for him to finish second was a good run for him. First, first run back this year. But it was all about one mare. It was all about Apple's Jade. Everything, it was flawless. It was absolutely flawless. And it was it was a performance that could, you know, I know we're going to talk about champion hurdles and we're going to talk about all the races at Cheltenham that she might run in. But that's a race that she'll be remembered for. That yeah. was a demolition job. We all remember what she did when she beat Ivanovich Gorbachev in Aintree. Well, this was just as good, if not better, because she's beaten superior opposition and not only beaten them but absolutely spat them out and I think uh, Ted Walsh said this after uh, on RTE uh, Ruby came over and uh, Ted just said oh what do you think of that and um, Ruby summed it up brilliantly I thought he said you'd need any power to go with her so I thought that was 
all anybody needed to say she was absolutely out of this world would any power even have done that 20 lengths demolition job of super sunday like that's like a, a, a punchestown champion hurdle winner an irish champion hurdle winner that's that's damn impressive kevin she's um very much cemented her name in history in this race oh yeah you know like for me this is her optimum course and distance i think uh, a relatively flat two mile four right hand right handed suits her really well and maybe the first half of the season um we'll, we'll see this spring um if gordon can get her right in the springtime he struggled with her last spring get with her coming into season what have you but um she produced her best effort of the season last time round in this race and um geez if she can do better than this as the season goes on <laughs> oh lord because th- this was great as jane says i think i think a lot of race readers would have been thinking the same thing um when jack kind of ended up forcing with with Whitlow Brave, you're kind of thinking, well, you're pressing on an awful long way out, but mm. she was just so much the best that it didn't matter. Even if it it, it may may it may well have been the most efficient way to ride her, but even if it wasn't, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, she's absolutely danced in. Um, fantastic mare, you know, has been for a long time, um, and you know, it is, and I can see, you know, Roy Delargue was very vocal about this on Twitter, and I can absolutely see his point. Because with a mare this talented, you want to see her take on the very best. Um, she's smashed up some really good horses here. And the clash, of course, that we want to see is her and Boover Dare. That's the race we want to see. And it would have to happen over two miles, obviously. And, you know, we haven't seen Apple Shade over two miles for a long time. Um, but I, I want to see it. I want to see it. And I don't see any reason why they wouldn't test the water with Apple Shade for that race. Um, in, we'll say, the Irish champion hurdle. You know, why, why wouldn't you? You know, there's not really an, an alternative race for her there over a mid-range distance off the top of my head. Um, certainly not in grade one company around that time. Um, we know she stays three miles, but, oh, you know, I want to see that. I want to see that. Mm. Um, give her a chance I in the Irish she, champion hurdle. I thought she scrape home. Did she not scrape home over three miles uh, at Leopardstown? Getting up to beat yeah. Super Sunday last Super, year. Yeah. Super Sunday. I, I think- her class won out there. I Big don't time. think it was natural for her to go that distance. To, to be honest, I don't think either of them are three milers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and you know, the form of that race might not be the strongest, but I'd love to see them try. Why wouldn't you try it in February? I think, to be honest, and, and, and maybe maybe they may or may not, you know, subscribe to this themselves. I, I said at the time, and I still believe it, that I thought it was a mistake for them to go straight from Christmas to Cheltenham with Apple's Jade. I, for me, she's always been a mare that has thrived on racing. And has been vulnerable um, when fresh. And look, she's in the former for life at the minute. Do what you need to do with her at Christmas. But the Irish champion hurdle should be where we find out if she can reproduce this level of form over the minimum. And if she can, you know, I think it would be a travesty. If she can go and win an Irish champion or, or even go very close in it, it would be a real disappointment. A fully understandable thing. You know, ultimately, we... <laughs> <laughs> the mayor's hurdle is the race she would statistically have the best chance of winning clearly but if she can compete over two miles with the best it would be a real travesty you know if she, if she wasn't given her chance against Boover Dare um, this isn't flat race and we're not trying to make stallions here um, I think that would be the, the most sporting thing to do would be to give her a chance at the very highest level mm. um, over two miles that's what I'd love to see and I'm sure if, if you did an old poll on Twitter I'm sure the vast majority 
would be in agreement. Well, we might do that. Uh, so we might do that on, at Final Front Part. Uh, Kevin, as, as some people on YouTube would say, "May the prime of my life." Uh, so she'd be going for <laughs> being a seven-year-old. And he, here's the thing: Apple's Jade dotted in. Sam Crow got beaten. Surely, common sense prevails. Eddie O'Leary, as you listen to this podcast, have a think. Go chasing with Sam Crow. Go champion hurdle with Apple's Jade. But no, we've been told that Apple's Jade's going to go for the three-miler again at Leopardstown over Christmas. Sam Crow will run in the Leopardstown uh, two-mile, I think it's the Ryanair, uh, over two yeah. miles at Leopardstown at Christmas. He's then going to go for the Irish champion hurdle and she'll go for the mayor's race. And Gordon's comment when asked about it yesterday was, you go for the race you think you have the best chance of winning. Therefore, they'll follow the Cuvega route that, that Willie has done so many times uh, with six of those races and they'll go back for, to, for the mayor's hurdle. And it's understandable, but what we saw over the weekend tells you a different story and it just makes you wonder why are they not seeing the same thing? So maybe they know something that we don't. Well, they seem to. You know, it seems to be very clear in the camp that they rate Sam Crow an awful lot higher than Apple's Jade. Mm. Uh, and maybe that's justified on homework. But look, the race course is the ultimate proving ground. And, you know, the only way to sort this out would be to run them in the same race over two miles and see what happens. Um, like, you know, Mick O'Lear, I know Mick can be quite flippant and he's probably just looking for a reaction an awful lot of the time. But, you know, he's been quite critical of races like the, the Mayor's Hurdle and what have you in the past. You know, championship races are, are what matters and the, the Mayor's Hurdle isn't a championship race, no matter what way you dress it up. And, you know, if they really want to win a champion hurdle, you've got two proper arrows there. In, in Sam Crow and Apple's Jade. And, and right now, Apple's Jade is probably the, the more potent of the two right now. Yeah. If, if the champion hurdle has suddenly become this big target for Gigginstown, it was always the Gold Cup, why are you not running the horse that seems best suited to it? I, uh. Jane, on a scale... Uh, look, they, they'll, make, they'll make the decision. They'll make the decision later on. I, I, I would um, totally uh, understand if they changed their mind and I wouldn't be critical of them one bit if they did um i, I just would, i'm just i, I i'm not a, i'm not in favor of nailing my colors to any maths i i willie mullins never does no. that willie mullins goes to cheltenham and gives a horse like uh, the best example was room for a mag she was entered <laughs> from everything to the champion hurdle to the mayor's hurdle to the world hurdle to Gold the Gold Cup. Cup, to the champion chase to the ryanair yeah. because he wanted to slaughter in somewhere now he knew that um room room mag wasn't a champion at any distance, but was versatile to run well in any. Um, this filly probably falls into maybe the same bracket. Look, it, it, I thought it was a mind-blowing performance, but I just looked up there, the ratings. Do you know, I'm not a big ratings woman, but just to see what the handicapper thought. He actually only gave her four pounds. What? Four pounds. So she's up to 162 from 158, right? Bouverdere is 169. And you alluded to earlier, um, Annie Power. Um, Annie Power and the height of her powers was 170 plus, 171, 170 plus. So that's the kind of bracket you need to be if you're going to be a top drawer champion hurdle prospect. Um, well, ju just bear in mind that Apple's Jade will get seven pound mayor allowance. Yeah. Yeah, you know, she will. So one, 162 to 169, they finish on top of each other if yeah. you believe the handicapper. It's, it's close then, isn't it? So... If if you're to go on pure stats and theory, that's obviously the way they're going to go. But look, there's a, there's loads of races to pick out. I would just uh, I just don't see why you would completely 
put your colors in one race. Isn't it's it? Isn't it funny that Willie gets so much stick for not committing a horse to a race for Cheltenham from an anti-post perspective, and yet here we are where the O'Leary team have absolutely stuck to their guns and said, no, we're, this is what we're doing and we're not changing it. And yet we're criticizing them for it. Uh, well, I don't think we're criticizing them for, for sticking to their guns and being clear with their intentions. I just think we're criticizing their decision. Yeah, being stubborn. Rather than the, rather yeah. than the fact that, no, not the fact they're sticking to it. I just disagree. I think they're making the wrong decision. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know the fact that they they stick to their guns or what have you. I'm not going to knock that, but I just think they're making the wrong decision here. But you can see the comparison, you know, though, Kev, can you? That Willie gets so much stick, and yet the lads are doing this. Let me ask you this, Jane. On a scale of one to ten, how frustrated are you that Sam Crow goes for the champion hurdle and Apples Jade goes for the mares? Very close to the top, but um, I also don't. I just don't like to see mares pigeonholed to that race because we all know if you get a good mare, they're better than anything. You know, we mm. see it on the flat regularly with like yeah. minding consistently beating the Colts and Alpha Centauri this year. Enable. It's the same over jumps. Enable. Like if, if a filly is getting the allowance and is proven to be almost or if not better than the Geldings, why would you just... Especially, you know, if, if, if we had a horse and we had one or two horses, and they had a chance of winning at Cheltenham, you'd run it in the charity race if you thought it would win it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Michael and Eddie, they're, they're extremely good to the game. They have an awful lot of horses, and if they had ample amount of winners there last year. I just do not see Apple's Jade winning a mare's hurdle, earning a place over Michael O'Leary's mantelpiece. Yeah. But if so he that. had a champion hurdle winner... The gender of the horse is relevant. Absolutely, it's 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 a champion hurdle chance. It's it's a no brainer. If Shattered Love goes and gives him his gold cup, for example, like if that was to happen this season, if she went and won the gold cup, the gender wouldn't matter. Like you know, that's yeah. It's just the the problem is the 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 program and the fact Mm. that this opportunity exists. You know, I'm not saying the mayor's hurdle shouldn't exist, but maybe it should be a grade two. You know, and if if these grade one winners want to go in and have a go at it, they carry a penalty for their trouble. That might 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 make them a little bit more inclined to go and you know run the champion hurdle, getting seven pounds rather mm-hmm. than running in the mayor's hurdle, giving away a penalty. But it's but not. It's a grade one because grade one mayor's running it. Well, that's true. But but also, again, any power has Willie never not won it. Bar Apple's Jade. Apple's Jade was the the he didn't win the first time. Donald McCain won it with his horse who beat um, White Oak. Was it White Oak beat? refinement when McCoy's back oh. had a spasm and then Willie won it every year since with um, Quavega um, Bar Apple Shade yeah. uh, no the monarch the Glen what was the horse Glen's Mo- Melody Glen's yeah. Melody when Annie, Annie Power had that horrible Kevin you and your only an act of God could get Annie Power beat good job Kevin <laughs> good job yeah but I'm just I will just tidy it up with, with one more point it's like because I can fully like they've done great jobs with the, with the mayor with the mayor's program they've really extended it it's been a great thing for the game but this particular race I think has been a detriment to the Cheltenham festival um and it's it's been like it, it's and it's turned into a lovely race don't get me wrong like Limony, apples jade broom broom mag fighting it out fabulous horse race yeah but wouldn't the, wouldn't the Cheltenham Festival have been better if they'd been in championship races instead? But couldn't you also say that Quavega has a bar named after her because she's won the six races and the reason she did is because Ruby was riding big bucks 
so he wasn't going to ride Quevega in the stairs. And Quevega might have beaten her. Might have, but he wasn't. Might have beaten him. Sorry. Might have, but but he wasn't going to get off big bucks. And he also had Hurricane Fly in the champion. Let someone else ride it. Let let someone else ride him. Yeah, Yeah. but Quevega, like she won't be remembered for being the absolutely brilliant mayor that she was. Be remembered for the mayor, and she is being remembered as the mayor that never took her chance. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. All right, let's. um, That's ultimately the point here. It just gives too much. It gives too much scope for ducking and diving with mares that are good enough to compete at the highest level. This race should be there for mares that aren't quite good enough to well, compete in open company. Well, just think that the, the speculation is that there's going to be either a mares bumper or an intermediate hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival. I mean, come on. Stop yeah, but that's it. just if the more you dilute, it's the oh. same with punch sound. The more you dilute, the more you'll end up with the like Galway is great, but if first four days of Galway and then you're finished. It's the two big yeah. races. So cl- clashes yeah. make racing. Big clashes make racing. Yeah. And giving giving so much opportunities for all this ducking and diving, it's just not it's not good for the game. It really isn't. There is there is a prospect, by the way, that Bouvedere and Apples Jade could face each other, and that's at Aintree, because Bouvedere ran in the yeah. entry hurdle the year before and won it. Yeah, fair so, point. So yeah, they, that'd, that'd be fabulous. They could clash there, and that would really make that race. Um, quick grab them. Let me just uh, hit up the old effects button here. <clears throat> oh, no. <clears throat> Final Furlong Podcast Gamble Landed. It's a one, lads! Take that. We'll take that all day long. Eight to one. Quick grab them. You could get nine to two. Quick. Grab him. And off he goes at even money. Beats Triplicate. Um, Jane, how good is Quick Grab him? Once with Robbie McNamara, he thought the world of him when he was going for the champion bumper. Now in the hands, hands of Willie. I know that there's an awful lot there still to come, but to me and to Kevin as well, he's he's looked really, really good. And this this was vintage Ruby Walsh. Yeah, it was good. It was a good performance. It's uh, It wasn't a race with a lot of depth, to be honest. And the way it was run, you could rip up your docket on Commander of Fleet very early. Um, it was it was a sprint uh, from the four furlong pole. Russell was trying to pressure Ruby into going for home earlier than he wanted. And you could see Ruby pulling anchor, pulling anchor. And until he reached the bend, he pressed the button and everything else was going to have to go around him. Triplicate got caught on the hop, which was amazing because he's by Galileo. You think he'd have the pace to... Uh, to exploit a race like that and Aramon the same um, he had won a race that was similarly run at Navin when mm. Quick Grabham was held up uh, Ruby was exceptional the horse jumped the last two hurdles at breakneck pace it was fantastic to see horses, a horse do that so fluently uh, especially novices um, look it was a great one and it, it's it's a race that he, he he's a great one winner now but I don't think Willie's winter horses have come out yet. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I would be very surprised if he was the Mount of Ruby Walsh in a novice race at the Cheltenham Festival. Interesting. Kevin, he's 14 to 1 for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Are you dipping in again? Um, oh, look, I like him. I've liked him all along, but like Jane, I, I wouldn't want to fall into the trap of reading too much into this. Um, very much had the run of the race, showed great pace, which which we knew he had showed a lovely, neat, accurate hurdling technique, which we knew he had. Um, but ultimately, how much did he achieve? 
probably not much more than he did uh, when he won at Tipperary two starts back when, when also beating triplicate by, by not dissimilar margin. Um, look, stiffer tasks await. He'll go to the two-miler um, at Leopardstown's Christmas meeting, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, look, I still like him. I still like him, but I just wouldn't be roaring and shouting about this uh, as a piece of form. Um, but he, he is a lovely horse. He's not over big. Um, he's not over big, but that doesn't seem to hold him back in any way, shape or form. Okay, he'll go for the Hurricane Fly double of Royal Bond and future champions novices hurdle at the Christmas Festival at Leopardstown, which you'll see live on At The Races. And good luck watching it next year. Uh, Bar1Racing.com, Drinmore Novice Chase went the way of Delta work. I'm sure, Kevin, you were just dying a little inside because Larishberg looked as though he was going to get back up. But this was... This was a really cracking race. Uh, and the Cheltenham winner got on top. Yeah, fabulous race. And look, Stamina has, has won the day in the end, I think it's fair to say. Um, Delta Work gave Larishberg a chance at, at the last by, by missing it a little bit. And uh, Larishberg stuck his head down and tried, but Delta Work just outstayed him. Um, fabulous race, well cleared a third. Um, Delta Work, you'd have to say, is it just looks a, a very exciting prospect. I wasn't blown away by his jumping first time um he improved uh for sure with the benefit of that experience under him and look the real promise with him i think it's obvious to say is when he goes up in trip um that that will very much suit him uh the three miler at leopardstown christmas christmas meeting will be the one for him and he would j- jump out off the page at you as as a rsa horse That'll be his job. No shame for Larishberg. I'd imagine he'll go the opposite direction. He'll probably drop back for the, the two-mile one novice chase at Leopardstown Christmas meeting. Um, he, he lost nothing in defeat. Mm. Very, very happy with him. Um, you'd obviously prefer to win, but um, he did absolutely nothing wrong. Very happy with him. Jane, two five-year-olds of immense potential, I would say. Yeah, it was like, unlike the hurdle, there was a lot of depth to this race. There was a couple of horses that could... Uh, were completely unexposed but these were the two obvious ones um, they were the best hurdlers and they're going to be the best chasers too uh, to be honest Kat, uh, Jets uh, was a horrible ride for Robbie Power uh, did well to finish third considering the way he raced Larishberg I thought Barry through the early parts of the race really showed his class because the horse hadn't really relaxed and he was always trying to keep him covered up and really struggled to find a rhythm on him whereas on his outside you could see Davy Russell with a complete loose rein in a, in a lovely quiet rhythm the horse was jumping A to B nice and economical for a novice that's a huge advantage for any horse is a huge advantage but the fact that he was so relaxed and saving everything was always going to stand him in good stead and because there was only half a length in it at the line you'd have to say it was a brilliant run from Larishberg. If he learns how to relax a bit better and jump a bit more fluent, uh, he's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with back over two miles. And you'd suggest the faster pace will, ha- will help him um, to, to, get a, to get that rhythm. Um, they pulled well clear of the third. And look, these, these are two good novices. Once again, uh, we will see good horses come out soon. Hopefully the beginner's chases are really going to hot up, I think. Um, there's a lot of horses to run. Uh, from last year that haven't appeared this year yet. So these horses will have the benefit of uh, two chases, two or three chases under their belt, but most notably they'll have the, the experience of going at grade one pace. Um, and the, the I know Delta Work got in very tight to the last, but 
Davy was kind of he was really squeezing Larisberg tight down to the wing of the last, and mm. it was a credit to Larisberg to to jump it so well. Uh, it would have been very easy for him to pitch in a short one and play it safe, but no, he he let fly at it, uh, and it was it was a great race to watch visually for novices. They were very good, um, and you'd have to be you know we see a few novice chasers in England pitching up. I suppose Kalashnikov being the main one. Mm. Um, oh, but these Lawler. two are very exciting. Lawler, I would oh, say. Oh yeah, is absolutely. The main one. Yeah, but Kalashnikov is just on my mind because he won again today. Recency um, bias. Recency bias. Um, Riddled with recency biasitis. <laughs> Jane, I'm sorry. It's bad news. You are riddled. Riddled with recency biasitis. God almighty. Uh, long term, I, I, suspo- I, I suppose that uh, Delta Work will be going for the RSA. Um, although the JLT could be an option. The Richburg, Kev, if you're going for the 2 mile one at Christmas time, is he an Arkell horse or is he a JLT horse in your minds? Um, I don't know. He could be either. And like Jane says, you would have liked him. If you're being critical, he could have relaxed a little bit better here. And you'd think the stronger pace of the shorter trip would suit him. Um, yeah, look, time will tell. The, the next, the Leopardstown will tell us a lot more. Um, we know from his form over hurdles that, you know, he's fully effective over two. But his performance at Tipperary would, would have given you great hope that he'd prove effective over the mid-range trip. And, um, and he's backed it up here, to be fair. He's only just touched off by a good horse, so... Um, we don't want to be doing anything too drastic, but as we know, the the program at Christmas is basically there's a two mile one and a three mile at Leopardstown, and they've now upgraded the race at Limerick, which um, off the top of my head is two mile five to yes. grade one. But um, generally, as we know, the ground at, at Limerick tends to be very very testing at Christmas time, and Larish. And they might have... have to water Leopardstown at Christmas. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, it's unbelievable, <laughs> it's isn't it? It's not beyond the realms. It's possibly. unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. The, the rain that we take, the rain we usually get for Christmas time, obviously hasn't arrived yet. But good, good ground uh, at Leopardstown at Christmas is becoming the norm during a normal winter. I was yeah, only having this mad. conversation yesterday with somebody. You're not going to have these good horses take a risk. Um, I know it's Christmas and there's very lucrative races there and there's a lot of prize money there, but you're not going to risk a horse on unsafe ground. And Leopardstown is the quickest ground you'll get anywhere in the country. Well, I hope they don't risk anything in the two mile one novice chase because uh, Larichberg will absolutely love it. <laughs> it uh, like it, to be fair to him, he showed over hurdles last season that he, he's probably just not as effective on on soft ground as he is on nicer ground. So for that reason, he he would very much be be steered towards Leopardstown rather than Limerick. That's the race on Saint Stephen's Day that Duvan has won in the past. Um, it's the race Duvan has won. I'm not sure what day it is yes. off the top of my head. Yeah, St. Stephen's Day. Um, we got to see what £400,000 looks like. Uh, Colin Bogue, graduate. Uh, took a while for Jamie Codd to get him to learn, but once he did, Envoy Allen just pulled right away. And it's another exciting prospect for Chivley Park and for Gordon Elliott, Jane. Yeah, he was good. Um, I wouldn't put him in the same bracket as Meadow and Road, who is in the news today, huh? The uh, recent itis or whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> What's the news today? <laughs> he had, he's about he's a bit of a injured. setback. <gasps> just, a, just, a small, just a small one. Just Anti-post dockets are suddenly in absolute crisis. Anyway, look, Envoy Delen, he, uh, like you say, he took a, he was green. He was, yeah. he was green, but uh, to be fair, there was horses in here with the benefit of a run and, he, he won easy. Like, Jamie was only nursing him and once he turned up and, and, and swung outside, 
there was only going to be one winner. To be fair, Port Stanley had a, a nice run when he was was he third in Navin. Um, and there was a couple of Jigginstown horses in there that were being talked about but didn't really show up. Uh, Willie Mullins' horse completely, I don't know if he's got talent, but he was beaten a distance. He was basically pulled up. Yeah, but um, not sure about the looks of things. Yeah, so look, you maybe question um, did the the far did the the market horses turn up? But one horse turned up, and that's all that really counts in a race. Uh, he was good. He was yeah. very good, and I like to hear that. You know, everybody likes bumper horses, and you know we we like to pipe up when we go to Cheltenham or punch us down. You know, everybody likes a good bumper winner, but these are jumps horses, and that's what this horse looks like. And they've indicated that they might only run them maybe once or twice more. So. That's what I like to hear. Invoyolant, a name to remember. <laughs> Santini for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville uh, got the job done in the John Frankham Novices Chase, brought to you by Labrooks. 12.45 at Newbury, and he's already been earmarked for the Cotto Star Novices Chase on St. Stephen's Day, Jane. And um, he, was a, he was a good horse over hurdles and looks a very exciting chasing prospect. Yeah, he he was. Um, I I thought it was very impressive what he did. Um, I liked him over hurdles. He was kind of a nearly horse, really. Um, oh, he he's going to be in a in a in a good bracket. You know, he's mm. he's going to be short for the RSA now, and we like to think that over here we've got a few contenders for that. Delta Work being one. Um, so he's going to have to be good. But at the moment. He's certainly up there with the likes of Lawler and Kalashnikov, whatever routes, routes they go. But this horse stays all day and the RSA is written all over him. I think he's he's quite lightly raced. I know it's he only had, what, three starts over hurdles? Four yeah, starts over I, hurdles? I think it was four. Four. Yeah, yeah so you, you'd wonder, is he is he delicate or are they just, is he big? I, 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 have, I don't know a lot about him, um, but I, I know the, he's good. He, he was out of a, a terrific mare who was um she was a real character wasn't she she was very very difficult from french from french bread mayor yeah i i don't i don't think he beat a whole lot when he won in, in aintree and you know when he he was third to kilbrick and storm i i tipped him to win in cheltenham and i was just disappointed i didn't think kilbrick and storm would win um so, so i i know I, I just had a thing in my head that i, I wasn't uh his biggest fan but he won he's won a grade two on his first start over fences that's not easily done she refused um, to race on her third start it was her second start for Nikki, and that was it that was the end of it um so hopefully none of that trait has got into him it possibly has but it, i don't well, think what, it does it doesn't appear <laughs> it doesn't appear to have passed no he, yeah. he he won he won this easy um He's he's definitely one to follow. Thing is, though, though those traits can just suddenly show up, though, out of nowhere. Like the, you can get away with it for a while, but suddenly they can they can be there. But anyway, Kevin, he's nine to two now for the RSA chase, and God, just proves that anti-post betting is dead. Um, very very short. Um, ah, look, it was a good solid performance, wasn't it? He's he's a workman-like type of horse, stays very well. Um, I liked his jumping here. He he did he was quite good pretty much everywhere a little bit big at times but you, you wouldn't mind that for a staying chaser and um, look he was at his strongest on the run in which is what you'd expect for a horse with his profile lovely start fully entitled to be right up amongst the the, the front of the RSA market um, Delta Work obviously has greater credentials at the minute I think it's fair to say um, but look Santini will see more of him at Kempton uh, Kempton's Christmas meeting and 
Yeah, look, this, this was a lovely start. Like Jane says, when you're winning a, a grade two novice chase on your chasing debut, um, you're doing all right. And um, the, there was plenty, you know, as we know, I like a good pick at these uh, these these nice hurdlers making their chasing debut. And there, there wasn't a whole lot to pick at here. Yeah. It was workmanlike, but there, there wasn't a whole lot to pick at in terms of the, his technique and the style in which he did it. He had Kilbrick and Storm well held when he slipped and uh, that was the end of his race. But um, he's exciting, for sure. And we'll get to see him on St. Stephen's Day, or Boxing Day, we should possibly say. Uh, if we stay with the novices, Mengli Khan won on Wednesday in the BetDAC app, Beginner's Chase 155. Possibly one of the reasons why Sam Crow won't go over fences. Jane, he's big. He ran on a Racing Post trophy. It's almost hard to believe he ran on the flat. Um, I liked what he did. Yeah, this is, this is a horse. If we could just forget what he did... In Leopardstown, um, he he would have a, a very very admirable profile, um, but he look he bred so you'd wonder how he would take defences. It's not guaranteed, you know. Like some horses, they look like chasers when they're hurdling, but this is this horse wasn't necessarily one of those. But he was very good. Um, he beat a mare that I really like. Ford Meadow was a decent yardstick, and she had the benefit of a run over fences before here. So it was a very good performance and. You'd like to think that he he's going to be a big player in the big novice chases this year. All the his connections seem to be very high on him, um, and you can totally see why he didn't show any of his idiosyncrasies here. And um, look, we'll see. He he was he was running an over two two here, so everything's points towards the Arkle. But uh, we'll see we'll see how he goes when he steps up to to the steps up the gears because. We all know going from a beginner's to graded company is a big jump. Yeah, imagine Larishberg will have to face Mengli Khan on St. Stephen's Day, Kev. Just aside from that mistake at the last, it was a good round. Um, no, I really like this. I really like this. This is just what I was hoping to see from him. Um, he was a horse that over hurdles. He just didn't always help himself by taking a, a, a strong old grip. And the hope with a horse with his profile would always be the fences might settle him down a little bit. And, and early on, he was just a bit... It jumped a bit big and fresh, um, but from before halfway, he really started to have a cut, and he was very good, very good. Jumped his way to the front. Um, it was a pity, in a way, that I think there was three fences omitted due to the high winds. You would have loved to have seen him jump even more fences, because he was fun to watch now. He was fun to watch, and he's absolutely smashed up Forge Meadow. Um, you, you couldn't be certain that Forge Meadow has run to anything like her best, but it, it's... Um, uh, on paper, it certainly looks good. Um, it was a great start. Um, the entries for the two-mile-one novice chase at Christmas actually came out today, and I'm just scrambling to pull them out of my emails because I'm almost certain from memory the Mengli Khan has been put in something like a, a five to four fav for that race. Um, if you give me two. Yeah, the race, they're, they're, yeah, here it is. Uh, Mengli Khan is four to five rather than five to four. Um, Void de Rev, four to one. Um, Larishberg six to one, and those are the those are the market leaders. And oh, you back Larishberg all day long at that. Larishberg is yeah, six to one. It'd, it'd be, yeah, that that's an interesting one. Now I like Void. I like all three of these horses. If I'm honest, Void the Rev has made a lovely transition as well. But um, yeah, Larishberg is maybe a, a shade big um, at six to one. But that, if all those three turn up, and I'm sure there might be one or two emerge in the meantime, and that's always a great race, but it would be a particularly good renewal of it, I think, if all of those turned up. It would be oh, very informative. Oh, I think we're 
were getting involved in the Antipost market on on uh, Larisburg. Thank you very much. Uh, today we saw the Sky Sports Racing Novices Chase. Uh, so Kalashnikov will be going for the bonus to Cheltenham. Wins by eighteen lengths. Kev and did it really well. Premi Murphy's yard. Yeah, I like this. I like this. Um, I, w- I was picking at him a little bit after his chasing debut. Uh, if you give me approximately two and a half seconds, I'll tell you why I was picking at him. Yeah, he was just he was just reaching for a few. And I felt he was much better uh, when he was allowed to stride on and, and he jumped much better in, in that scenario. Um, they, they, what, they, they didn't hold him up, but they, they sat him in second here again. And I thought he was he was better. Like he, he's exuberant. He has a he can have a right pop at one, but he's very athletic to go with it. it it's just what you'd like to see now from your um, two mile chaser in the making, which, which is what he clearly is trip wise. Um, I was impressed with him. It was a definite step in the right direction from his chasing debut. And um, look, the Arkle is always just a fabulous race. It always warms up at this time of year. You get the likes of Mengli Khan coming out. And this horse and this fellow's the, the standard setter at the minute, I'd say. Not by a long way, but I, I was impressed with him. He's a lovely, lovely horse. He's made a real good transition and he did everything you'd like to see him do um, at Plumpton today, I thought. Well, Connor Fox works for Amy Murphy Racing. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. And he won a final Furlan Podcast polo shirt. So hopefully oh, oh, nice. he did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully Connor will be taking a picture. Is Connor our Photoshop man? Uh, yes, it is. Ah, oh, brilliant! Is indeed uh, Connor, a Photoshop man, is uh, is one of the main people at Amy Murphy Racing stables. So uh, best of luck to to them for the rest of the season uh, as they attempt to land the bonus. And uh, Connor, we want to see that photograph of yourself in the final for long pod- podcast polo, preferably next to Kalashnikov very very soon. Uh, what did you make of his performance, Jane? Yeah, it was everything you'd want. Um, like he was far superior to all the horses before the race. And it was literally just a nice jump around, uh, a good schooling session, essentially, uh, is all he'd really want. And that's what he did. He was fluent today. He was a little bit deliberate the first day, so it was nice to see him good and fluent today. Um, it was just, it was very good. He's going he's gonna to benefit from all this chasing experience. I know they're not, you know, Amy, it would have been very easy to throw him into graded company straight away, but she's taking the softly, softly approach. And I think it'll stand to him in good stead come the big day. Um She's she's doing a great job with him so far, and I think this is the right route to go with him because when the taps turn on and he really has to jump with pace and fluency, he's going to have no excuses. He's going to have every right to be to be one of the best novices in in Britain and Ireland this year. Hundred percent, and he already has so much experience from hurdle racing anyway that you can take that softly, softly approach. When Hugh Taylor speaks, you should listen. So if Hugh Taylor suggests doing an anti-post bet for Cheltenham. You really should take notice. And he did just that. He wrote an article on Sunday tipping Champ for the potato race. Mm. Uh, Champ won on Saturday in the Ladbrokes handicap hurdle and Hugh Taylor was suitably impressed to put him up for the Albert Bartlett. So Champ for the potato race, the final Furlong podcast, will be jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, Finally, you know what I mean, Harry, at the age of 10, won the Ladbrokes long distance hurdle. He will go for the long walk hurdle next. Great to see the old boy back in form. Kevin, you were making the point that the vibes were so good about him at the Cheltenham Festival. So it's nice to see him win. But on a side note, it does kind of prove what a rubbish division this is. 
Yeah, oh, look, I'm, I'm not going to slag, you know what I mean, Harry? He's a super horse. He, he's been brilliant. Great, I sir. suppose the big, the big fear was that his powers were diminished, you know, based on what he did in, the, in the, the second half of last season in particular. They gave him a bit of a wind off. His comeback wasn't without promise, to be fair, over two and a half miles. I think what it illustrated more than anything is that he just two and a half is just too sharp for him these days. And uh, up to three miles. Um, and look, he won. He won. He, he beat what was put in front of him. Uh, terrible division. Terrible division. Awful. Um, you'd love to see something jump out. Um, you know, Sam Spinner, real disappointment, promised that he might be, you know, one to emerge up to the top of that division last season. He had excuses at Cheltenham. Um, just hasn't gone the right way, has he? And this was this was disappointing now. This was properly disappointing. And um, yeah, this division is just all up in the air right now. Yeah. Uh, it really, really is. And it's going to take something good to get me interested in it before the, before the season's out. I, I really, I think it's going to be like night before, Kev, before you, you actually get interested in the race because it's just, something's going to have to come from under the woodwork, I would imagine. Um, Jane, your thoughts on that entire division? Uh, look, yeah, well, you know what I mean, Harry. He He's a great horse. He's... 12 races won now and back-to-back long-distance hurdles as well as a world hurdle. Like, it's very unfair to be picking holes in him, as Kevin says. So, he beat what was put in front of him and he just brushed him aside. Um, I think the division is is what it is. And Willie Mullins will probably run six in the world hurdle this year, or the stairs hurdle, because he knows they're not champion hurdle horses. Limonee will probably run in the mares, so he'll run Bop home. James Hill and all those other horses Fahin. that ran in the Hattons. Faheen. Faheen. Mm. Well, that's, and all those that's other what he was saying. That that's what he was saying over the weekend. Faheen's going to go for the three miler over Christmas. So there's presumably. no reason why not. Yeah, yeah. no reason why not. Um, it, you could make a case for Beaupont. You know, after what he did in France, um, uh, he ran. He, he ran with credit in the Hattons Grace, finishing fourth. Look, it, it, it is what it is. Something will pop up between now and then um, I think we might have it in Ireland that's all I'm saying <laughs> well, nothing will probably pop up between now and then and Penn Hill will go straight there and win it and win it again <laughs> exactly seasonal re- reappearance boom in he goes cl- classic Willie yeah <laughs> um, brief note obviously sorry for the connections of uh, Bluey Rouge as Shane said earlier on um, Kuveka and Vitura side Robin Deschamps has also passed away and we lost Sindar who remains the only horse to win the English and Irish Derbies and the Ark in the same season. Uh, brilliant horse for John Ox and for Johnny Murta back in the day. And um, yeah, he would have brought a lot of people on to be fans of the of the game. Uh, we had a lot of talk with Jane over the summer about Mendelssohn. The talk was that he was going to run again next year, Pegasus in the Dubai World Cup. That's all been scrapped. Ran the Cigar Mile, finished fourth, retired. Aidan O'Brien is pretty disappointed about the fact that, that they've done that. It was a big experiment for them, Jane. Um, overall, do you think it's something that they've just learned from, or was it an opportunity missed with Mendelssohn? Um, well, like, it's it's always admirable when you try something different. It would have been very easy to do, keep him at home and do the normal things with him, but uh, I think the guys want to try and win the, the Kentucky Derby. They've made no qualms about admitting that. Um, they tried it before and they felt that men, they, they learned from it and they felt that Mendelssohn uh, was going to get a different prep he was going to run on dirt a lot and he was going to get experience on that 
Um, he ran he ran with credit um, uh, in the Breeders' Cup this year, but he didn't really maybe produce what he did as a two-year-old um, and especially what he did in Dubai mm. this year. So, uh, I, look, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't finish closer in, in the Cigar Mile. I thought a mile is really his trip. I thought perhaps he didn't stay 10 furlongs um, in the big race during the year. What's the race that's eluding me? The Breeders' Cup Traverse, Classic. maybe? The Traverse. Oh, sorry, the Classic. The yeah, Classic. The classic. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought he, he, obviously he said quick fractions and he just didn't get home. So I just thought the, the, the mile would suit him. Um, but look, the allure is that he is a gorgeous horse and that he is a group one winner brother to Into Mischief, who's one of the best sires at the moment in America. And Beholder, who was one of the mm. best mares of her generation, was the best mare of her generation. So look, she, he's going to be he's going to be very popular at Stud. And I think when they go back with another horse to the Kentucky Derby, they're going to be even wiser again. So hopefully someday they'll crack the nutshell. But it will be it will be a credit to all these other horses that have been uh, attempting it down through the years. And I'll tell you, Jane, you, you would have seen the interview, so you can probably confirm. I think it was in the TDN. There was an interview with Hayden O'Brien there last last week, I think it was, and he made a very interesting comment. Um, he's obviously talking about, it, it was with an American journalist, I'm very sure, and he was talking about the Kentucky Derby and what have you, and he, he said words to the effect of, I think it might be a Galileo that does it for us, if, any, if anything does it for it. And they're working on identifying um, a son of Galileo as their their Derby prospect for next season, which I thought was really interesting because obviously you know the likes of uh, Mendelssohn and others you know had dirt pedigrees technically, um, whereas obviously Galileo doesn't have that. But it's just interesting that he feels that mentally Galileo's my, uh, Galileo might be the one to do it um, if they can handle the dirt. And you know, they, they, he's he's mentioned that when they do identify the one that they think is the one, they will be given a proper derby preparation, i.e. a number of runs on dirt before the big day, which I was really interested and surprised by. I wonder, so, is, that, you know, I wonder is that why Anthony Van Dyke ran in the juvenile turf, Kev? Uh, in what regard? And like they, they've brought him over to America, they've given him a look at Churchill Downs. Yeah, it didn't go uh, well. But he ran on turf, though, you see. Yeah, but so did Mendelssohn. Be... So did Mendelssohn. Yeah, yeah, I... I um... I read that and I can't obviously speak on Aidan O'Brien's behalf, but uh, it's quite logical that Galileo is the best sire in the world. He produces the best horses in the world. So they want to win America's biggest race with one of those horses. Um, it isn't inconceivable that it would be a Galileo out of an American mare. He's done everything mm, else, yeah. so there's no reason. Yeah. Jess, Jess Garrington was making the point that Galileos don't win over fences. I think it's the only thing that, that he can't do. <laughs> so... <laughs> And trust uh, me, it, at, it, it, at the breeding sheds, just, they don't want that that there either. Yeah, it'll just be fascinating to watch how it pans out because it, it's a small bit counterintuitive. But you know, this this quest that they have in, in Coolmore to win big races on dirt in America is absolutely fascinating because they don't need to do it. No. They don't need to do it, but they clearly have really taken on board the challenge that it presents. It's the last frontier in many ways for them. And um, look, it, it'll be fascinating to watch how it goes. It, it was. It, Frustrating at times with Mendel- with Mendelssohn this year. The Derby was obviously a, a disaster. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, you, like as Jane has said on a few on occasions on the podcast, you you'd love to see such adventure rewarded because if uh, if there was a bit more adventure 
uh, in the sport of horse racing would make it all the better of a sport, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking, we're talking about uh, Apple's Jade, you know, running the mayor's hurdle rather than the taking the slightly more adventurous route of the champion hurdle. So I think if everyone uh, went out of their way to be a bit more adventurous, uh, I think it would br- bring the sport up a notch or three. I think all in the one go. It would be. It will be interesting now if Anthony Van Dyke goes to Dubai, or if he starts off in Dundalk at the start of the season and then goes mm. to Dubai. That'll be worth keeping an eye on we'll just see because i think you can draw a line through the uh, the juvenile turf and it's the same preparation mendelssohn had um he goes to stud he's a scat daddy and there's no question he will be very very popular there and they need a scat daddy replacement fairly quickly so that will be his new career um a couple of things to wrap up on barter hill kevin uh, yeah. an old podcast favorite uh, what was it you what was that line you had about him a lovable idiot a lovable idiot the love of a yeah, but but, the, but then I, then there was new evidence, and I, I turned around and said, I concluded that it, it takes a real clever fella to play the fool. Yes, that's that was the line. <laughs> he he had immense potential, and I thought it was really nice that Connection spoke about him. That you know he put them on the map. Um, it's a shame things ended the way it did for him because he was a brilliant novice. Ah, oh, stop. Look at his bumper form. Ridiculous. He, he, won a, he won a bumper at Newbury, beating Bouverdere and Altior. He then went on to Aintree and beat Bells Hill. And, you know, he was a big chasing sort physically, and he was doing that in bumpers. Uh, and he looked at he would, all the promise was there over hurdles. He, he was uh, acting a bit of a fool at times. Uh, he, he was a bit Don Polish in that he just, you just got the impression he was just very idle, and he was a bit of a bit of a fool, like, but... He went to Cheltenham, and personally, I came away from the Albert Bartlett thinking he didn't quite get the trip. I think he hurt himself on the day as well, and you know, ultimately, he never came back after that. He got hurt a few times, and it's a real pity for his connections now because you you wouldn't need to be a rocket scientist to look back at his form and uh, conclude that it was it was a real case of what might have been. So, mm. uh, commiserations to his connections now because it's it's heartbreaking. I know it's perspective and all that, but in in, in a racing context, when you have one like him that you strongly suspect really could have went to the top with a bit of luck and he didn't get it. Um, it's a real pity. So uh, commiserations to his connections. And it's kind of things like that that gives you perspective about horses like Sam Crow. Enjoy them while we can. Bouvedere as well. Let's see how this all plays out. Uh, there's a lot of water to be crossed under the bridge and we'll cover it for you on At The Races. Uh, on the Final Furlong podcast. Uh, that is it. Thank you very much, Jane Mangan. I know you are off for radio duty. When are you next on RT TV? Uh, Christmas, hopefully. All Excellent. going well. Excellent. Lovely. Well, hopefully we'll have you on the show before then. Thanks so much for your insight again, Jane. Pleasure. Uh, bizarrely, I will be joining the 2017 Broadcaster of the Year and 2018 Broadcaster of the Year, Luke Harvey and Jason Weaver, Friday night on Get In from Dundalk. Uh, I don't know how Kevin wasn't nominated for Writer of the Year. I think that's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> Stewards Inquiry. It's a fix. Anti-Irish bias. Undeniable. <laughs> anti-Irish bias. It's a sham. It's an absolute fiasco. But then Jason Weaver is named Broadcaster of the Year and you go, ah, it's great. Congratulations. Um, Kev, you're back with me on Thursday. Yes, all set. Look so to we'll it. chat to you then. There may very well be a bonus podcast in between, so keep an eye on atheracist.com and Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, from Jane, Kev, and myself, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the kind words on social media as well. Go on, quick grab them. Uh, we will talk to you on Thursday. God bless. Good luck. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. 
Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. Plus. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.